Now you know how good we are to run this. <laughs> Amen. And uh, but that's okay. Can you can you hear me now? Those of you who are there, can you hear me? I got the microphone. So good. I want to call your attention to verse 11 of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians. We have been in Corinth as a ministry. We flew to uh, Istanbul, uh, Turkey, from there to Athens, Greece. And then we rented a bus, and it took us north from Athens, Greece, to the, the, uh, the little city called Corinth. Corinth is at the Asian Sea. And the Asian Sea is a sort of a, a, a knife type shape sea that goes this way and comes down this way. On this side of the Asian Sea it is Ephesus. And on this side is Corinth. Remember that Paul came from Corinth and took the long way around instead of going by boat all the way around to Ephesus in the first time he went to, to Ephesus. And so, Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church, he says all kinds of things. But verse 11 is an interesting point. It says, but all these work, all these, mean referring to the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, all these work one in the same spirit, this is referring to the fact that all, all the abilities and power of the gifts are produced and operated by the energy of the Holy Spirit. And that's a, a good note from the, the expositor's study Bible, the best Bible in the world today. So the activity, the move of the Holy Spirit, the energy of the Holy Spirit actually uh, is expressed in these nine ways. That is why a sin against the Holy Spirit is not forgiven in this life or the life to come. Why? Jesus is so adamant, so specific as to how to deal with the Holy Spirit is because the energy, the power of God through the Holy Spirit, it is the manner in which God works in us and does His ministry through us. So now you look at the gifts in a different way, don't you? That you don't play with these things. You don't laugh. You don't ridicule. I've seen a lot of people die. In my 73 years, I would count about 15 or so that cursed the Holy Spirit, laughed and ridiculed the gift of tongues, and they were no more. And so I want you to know that when I look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I am very, very much, very, very, very much careful and very, very, very much uh, 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 concerned that I will not offend the Holy Spirit in any shape or form. And so it says, but all of these, or the gifts, work that one in the same Spirit, dividing to every man severely as he wills. And so the, the, the distribution of the gifts is at the discretion of the Holy Spirit. Simply means that men or women cannot impart the gifts upon you uh, into the individuals. The domain is of the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat that. 
It says, dividing to every man severely as he wills. So I cannot impart the gifts. Now, if you go into uh, uh, the book of Romans, just after the book of Acts, amen? And you go in the first chapter uh, of Romans chapter 1, verse 11. It says, for I long to see you, and he's talking, uh, uh, he is writing to the Roman church. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts. So which one is which? Well, this, this over here does not mean uh, as the same thing that Paul could impart one or more of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But rather he speaks of the explanation of them in the Word of God in explaining them. In part here means explaining, talking about it, referring to it, and spending time teaching. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm not giving you any gifts. I can't. It's only the Holy Spirit. That is the importance of verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. Because it says very clearly, Tay-Tay, very clearly that the Holy Spirit divides to every man according to his will. Meaning you can't just get a gift because I just pray for you. You, the Holy Spirit, so you're going to have to be nice to the Holy Spirit. But those of you who persecute people who speak in tongues, those of you who ridicule the Holy Spirit as something Pentecostal, those of you who laughed and, 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 and caused commotion when someone is operating in the gifts and you belittle them, you already judged. The sin that you're sinning is not forgiven. In this life or the life to come. That's scary, isn't it? That simply means that there's a lot of people who are already dead, but they don't know it. So what is your job as a Christian when you see that? You pray for these persons. That the grace of God, the mercy of God will come upon them. Don't persecute them. Don't spend time talking about them. Don't ridicule them. Don't belittle, don't accuse them, just let the Lord take care. That's my position in the last 50 years as a, as a retired, as a, as a full-time evangelist. I, 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 I've heard a lot of things. You know, I've heard a lot of things. I, I can tell you some of them were horrible. Horrible. And, of course, you know, I remember a, a pastor that faced the evangel, faced the church and told them, that tongues is of the devil. Well, she's not among us, uh, with us anymore, and he, she wasn't among us, among them anymore in those days. In about three weeks, she was demoted, lost a job, and uh, I don't know what happened to her, but disappeared. So what I'm saying to you is that be careful, because this is not something that you treat lightly. Be very, very careful. When you deal with the Holy Spirit, because He's the power of God. See, this is isn't this what uh, isn't this what uh, <laughs> Paul says on the uh, on the on the first chapter on uh, 
on verse, uh, what is the first chapter? Uh, verse 17, is that right? Uh, verse 16 of Romans, 116. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Gentiles. Watch it. The gospel is the power of God, and the power of God is the Holy Spirit. So be careful. Okay. I hope that will help you. Okay. That's free of charge. Now, let's look then as to one of these gifts. I told you yesterday that three of them uh, reveal something. That three of them do something. And that three of them say something. So the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits reveals something. Faith, work, and miracles, gifts of healings do something. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation say something. So three revelation gifts, three power gifts, and three vocal. Watch me. Watch me. Three, three revelation gifts, three power gifts, and three vocal gifts. I'm just imitating uh, my brother Steve on the exercise we do here in the morning from from 8.45 to 9 o'clock, we do exercises as a staff. So I'm imitating him, okay? This morning he mentioned Psalm 119, 133. Order my steps in your word and let no sin have dominion over me. So Psalm 119, 133. So I'm just imitating him, but... Three revelation gifts, three power gifts, three vocal gifts. Say it. Three revelation gifts, three power gifts, three vocal gifts. Mm, 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 mm. Amen. Three sets of three. Now, having said that, I want to begin then today of working in defining each gift according to its place in the Scripture. Because a definition, a definition tells us what it is, what it does, and you get to know it. Now, before I begin, I want to say something very important. I mean, it's so important, so important, that if I, if I put emphasis on what is important and what is not, this is the most important thing in these studies, I can tell you. You want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? Do you, do you want to know what it is? <laughs> okay. The knowledge of how they operate is just enough for them to operate. The knowledge on how they operate, it's enough to see them operate. Regardless of age, regardless of skills, regardless of talent or anointing, Knowing Scripture makes it possible. So let's take a look. That's the most important thing I was going to tell you. 
Hope you, you got that. I, 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 I'm saying because some of you have this idea that you're not holy enough. That you're not good enough. That you're not uh, able enough. That you're not old enough. And you're not pastoral enough. You don't have a seminary degree enough. And if you cut the grass in the church, and you like to have the gifts operating through you, knowing how they operate is enough. It doesn't matter. Now, that's my experience in my life. Because after I got to know how they operate, they began to move. I began to see. God gave me eyes and, and, uh, and began to reveal. You got that, Tay-Tay? All right. You're from Tennessee, aren't you? Yeah. Do you know George is going to play Tennessee this weekend? You don't? Okay, I'm praying for Tennessee. That's all I can tell you. I'm praying for Tennessee. Yeah, for the... <laughs> this is just football talk. Okay, let's begin then. A word of knowledge. It is a revelation from God pertaining to persons, places, events, situations, past and present. Why the definition is so uh, specific is to define that which God does. Revelation from God. So it comes from God to you, not to somebody else somebody else tells you. It's not something that you read and then you accomplish. It is a revelation from God. It's totally new, creative, and to a point. But it has to do with Persons, places, events, situations in the past and present. In things in the past and present. So how do, how, where did you get all of that? Well, you got all of that from the examples in the ministry of Jesus that takes place in these categories. Amen? Amen. So I want to sort of uh, get some examples here. And I, I, what I'm going to do, because this is so, uh, so uh, uh, you open the Scripture yourself anywhere, and uh, let's find revelation from God to Jesus, okay? So I'm not going to give you Scripture. I'm going to ask you to just open a Scripture and tell me. Amen? Uh, let me read, uh, here's an uh, example, Mark 7, 31. Let's find revelation in this scripture. And again, departing from the coasts, the borders of Tyre and Sidon, he, Jesus, came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis, the borders. He was now in the eastern side of the Lake of Galilee. The eastern side of the Lake of Galilee is the one close to the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, at Mark 7, uh, 31, I'm sorry. And they bring unto him one who was deaf and had impediment in speech. And they, friends of the deaf, deaf man, beseech to put his hand upon him. So the friends of the deaf man came and said, Jesus, uh, would you... Would you put his hands, your hands on him? 
Now, that's a, that's a request for action. And so revelation has to happen because Jesus can say yes or no or do totally something completely different. He took him aside from the multitude. Now, why? Because what was going to happen needed to be private. Is that something of the will of Jesus or a mannerism or a way to do it? That's a revelation. A revelation occurs that is, is translated into a behavior of activity that accomplishes the purpose. So Jesus took him aside, put his finger in his ear. In his ear. Jesus' finger went into the ear of the man. And he spit and touched his tongue. He probably spit on the finger first, touched the man's tongue, and, and then put both index fingers on the man's eyes. And look up to heaven. He sigh. All help comes from above. God does everything from above. He looks to heaven. So look at the situation. First, why did Jesus move the side? He moved aside away from the congregation, away from the people, in order to provide some some uh, some uh, uh, privacy to what is about to happen. So he felt that he needed to do something, and so he fell aside. That's revelation from God. Revelation happens because he he senses the leadership of the Holy Spirit that if the people saw that, they'll begin repeating the same thing. Jesus was very private when it comes to the activity and the move of the Spirit. He took it as a private move of the Spirit of God, and, and, and ethics takes place everywhere Jesus is about to move in the Spirit. The only time that Jesus moved in the Spirit publicly is His death and burial and, and resurrection. Even the resurrection, He only showed Himself up to a woman called Mary Madeline. And so, and so the move of the Spirit of God is not a show-off. Never been. I learned this early in my ministry when a lady came to me in Brazil and she asked me to pray for her. She was blind. And for some reason whatsoever, I don't understand, I took her backstage and I prayed and she disappeared. And God gave her sight. I don't know if the doctor operated. I don't know if somebody else prayed. I don't know if was, all I know is that a lot of people were praying for him. So it wasn't that I prayed and she got healed. It was that I prayed along with all kinds of people that in the past have prayed. But it was manifested in her. So she came to give a testimony three days later. So what I'm saying to you is that the move of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus, it's a private matter. 
And if you follow the miracles, you're going to see that in a very, very, very specific, very dramatic, very powerful way. And so to those of you who are afraid of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because it's going to uh, embarrass you in public or do things that will harm your personal ministry, I want you to know that you're totally out of line, contrary, and totally uh, uh, wrong in this. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. It's a tender spirit of God and does things to glorify God and not to, uh, and not to uh, 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 minimize or belittle or show pride. So, in looking up to heaven, he sighed. What is sigh? It's a breathing. <sighs> okay. And that's a move of the Spirit. When you sigh, <sighs> you are breathing from inside out. And that's what tongues is. Tongues is when you breathe from the inside out. <sighs> and that's all that there is. And so he sighed. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, this is due to the fall. He sees the man that is blind, sin upon the world, and said unto him, Ephata, which means be open. He didn't say, he spoke it out, Ephata, that's authority. Be open, that's a command. Revelation is part of this move. Revelation is part of what you're doing. I was praying for a man in a church, and he was uh, very much uh, came in in the place. And I closed my eyes and I said a prayer. And a thought and a vision came to me, and which solved the problem with the man and opened the door for his life. Because it had to do with his wife. It's all done. And so the revelation of God refers to past and present. Word of knowledge never, 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 never moves toward the future. It is past and present. So what do you mean? <clears throat> it means that if you're praying for people and you are ministering to people, you might have a word from God pertaining to what's in front of you. But it has to do with places, things, events, situations, and persons. And when he that, that separates discerning of spirits from word of knowledge. But what is the difference between discerning of spirits and the word of knowledge? Discerning of spirits, revelation, it comes to, to deal with persons, places, events, situations, and things. Persons, places, situations, events, word of knowledge. It actually deals with something about the person in front of you. Discerning of spirits, it simply reveals that which is good or bad in front of you. In the person's character, in who they are. That separates discerning of spirits from word of knowledge. Are you with me now? Are you hearing me? And so, in terms of understanding word of knowledge, it it refers to places, events, situations, things. For instance, I was praying for a man. And, of course, he had a crutch in here, and, and he was wearing a crutch. And uh, he came to be, to be prayed for because he broke his leg. Okay. 
And I had a vision or a word about the place. And I told him, you were about 90 miles an hour when you broke your leg, didn't you? You were driving your motorcycle. He said, how do you know that? I said, because that motorcycle is something in your life that's become an impediment. You keep on carrying that motorcycle at high speed all the time because you want to show your manliness. And God is not in it. You're a child of God, heir of the kingdom. You can't go 90 miles an hour on a 35 miles zone or try to make a curve in 90 miles an hour. So any of you, there's something that hurt for you a long time and it's bothering you for a long time. And he has to do the death of your father the way he treated you. And he began to cry on the floor and that was the end of the... In other words, we simply just dealt with the death of the father, dealt with the unforgiveness, dealt with the problem of the cycle. All of that in about 15 minutes. Can that accuracy, specificity operate in your life? Well, if you're hungry, have no job, and everybody thinks you're crazy, and you're by yourself in the world trying to feed your children, you will do whatever's in front of you. And I had no choice. I did what's in front of me. And it happened to be that I was pleasing God. And God began then to bless my life, my ministry, my family, my children. Does that make me a charismatic? See, that's a sin against the Holy Spirit. When you call me charismatic, you're sinning against the Holy Spirit, which is a sin that will not be forgiven. You're belittling the Holy Spirit in me, and you're in trouble. Look at me. You that are listening to this broadcast throughout the world, there are 70 nations listening to this. You that call others charismatic in, in a very downward fashion, belittling, condemning, ridiculing, you are guilty of sinning against the Holy Spirit. I pray for you today that you be convicted never to do that again and ask God to forgive your sin. And the grace of God forgives. I know the scripture says it's not forgiven, but the grace of God is greater than sin. And he can forgive. But you have to repent and stop doing what you're doing. Word of knowledge. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Bless us, Lord, as we close this Bible study. Thank you for these that are listening and will listen tomorrow again. I praise you, God, that uh, I'm not afraid. I'm not uh, scared. I, I'm, I'm not uh, preparing these studies like I do Bible studies. I'm just coming out and speaking my mind without notes and just doing what God called me to do. Bless my brother to understand the word of knowledge and the difference between the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits and that the word of knowledge is past and present and it has to operate in front of you when you meet a need. In Jesus' name, amen.